Welcome to the Abundance Hub podcast. My name is Jessica Shembury. As an empowerment coach, mentor, and speaker, I'm dedicated to helping people learn how to live authentically in alignment with their values. I truly believe that everyone is capable of greatness. If you are looking for an honest and refreshingly down-to-earth podcast that can help you become the best version of yourself, you have come to the right place. Think of this podcast as your go-to weekly dose of mindset development. Get ready to feel empowered because the tools and strategies I'm sharing will absolutely change the way you think. Please visit theabundancehub.com to read more about my offerings and subscribe to receive a free gift straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's begin. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 18. I'm super excited that you guys are back and ready for more juicy content. Um, I'm pretty excited about today's subject. I'm going to keep you hanging. Well, you've probably seen the show notes. Let's be real. But I'm going to keep you hanging a little bit because I was inspired listening to Melissa Ambrosini last week to start giving shout outs to anybody, anybody. I should probably start just talking more quietly because I'm a bit cray cray today. Maybe it's because I've had two coffees. I don't know. But I decided that I'm going to every single week read a review that's come in. Um, Anyone who has subscribed, rated, given me a five-star rating and reviewed my podcast, I'm going to give one person a week a shout out. And so I'm really grateful because you guys have been amazing in giving me reviews in the, in the past. So today's shout out review is to Albie and me. Her, his, I'm pretty sure her review reads like this. Authentic, raw, and so many takeaways. One of my all-time favorite podcasts. I cannot get enough of Jess and her killer delivery on so many relatable topics. From episode one, I have been hooked and religiously listen to every religiously listen every morning. Even re-listening to my favorite episodes. Thank you so much, Albie. Do yourself a favor, subscribe and share all the awesome goodness your ears hear and put the gold nuggets into practice. Keep going, Jess. Your content is epically delicious. <laughs> I had to pick that one because it said delicious. So thank you, Albie and me. I appreciate you and taking the time to go and rate and review my podcast means it gets seen by more people. So thank you so much and keep on tuning in to see if your rating and review could be um, featured next week. So I'm pretty excited to be doing that. And it's just another way that I'm going to kind of give back to you guys because it's so, 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 so nice of you guys to give me some love. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, um, so let's get into today's topic. As a lot of you may know, some of you may not, but recently my hubby and I celebrated 10 years of marriage. So our 10th wedding anniversary was um, on the 6th of June, 2019. And, um, and it was really cool. It was pretty amazing to have made it 10 years. And um, we've been together for 12 years in total, I think. 16, or oh, maybe it's nearly 13. But we've been together a fair while. Married for 10 years and I'm 35 years old. And, um, and so 
I think a little bit of a topic that has come up and I've definitely seen it come up on my newsfeed a little bit and in comments and things on some of my posts is like, wow, that's such an amazing achievement. You guys seem so happy. It's like, you've got the perfect relationship or like hashtag couple goals, um, things like that, which is really, really nice. And I suppose it, it is interesting when we, when we look at people on social media and we kind of see what they do for a living and we see they've both got these, you know, relatively decent amount of followers on Instagram and things like that. And it's easy for people to go, wow, they must have it all made. They must have like the best relationship ever. And let me tell you, and if, if you are Ryan and you are listening and you're like, what the heck is she about to talk about? Um, this is not a, guess what guys, we've had tons of hard times podcast. This is not a, oh, I'm going to give you heaps of relationship advice podcast because I just don't feel like that's going to serve you guys in any way. But I want to tell you a few stories and I want to give you a bit of an insight into a few things that I've learned of late, which I really genuinely feel would help you guys to hear. So when I was ooh, 16, I got into my first relationship and I've, or my first like proper relationship. Um, before that I was just like, you know, dating boys and being silly, but I went, I dated someone for about five and a half years. And, um, and then shortly after that, like I was with Ryan. And so the first relationship was definite, definitely, definitely, definitely not going to be long-term. There was times when I thought it might've been, um, in my, you know, in my, I suppose in my late teens, early twenties, I was like, Oh, he might be the man I'm going to marry. But thank goodness that I realized quite soon or early enough before I committed to marriage or anything like that, that that was not the case. And look, the thing was, is that we were just different people. And unfortunately, um, there were some things going on that I didn't know about. And I really believe that, you know, there's, there's a lot of learning that comes from every relationship we have, but I'm happy that I got out before I, um, before I kind of got myself into a situation that I didn't really want long-term. I'm not going to go into that because I respect that person and, and their path as well. But I remember when I left that relationship and I had some words with my dad and my dad said to me, you know, Jessica, relationships aren't 50, 50, they're a hundred, a hundred. And it was something that has stuck with me for so many years and something that actually my hubby Ryan really loves as well. And we loved that quote so much that we ended up putting it into our wedding album. And I think that has probably been one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given. And, and then my mum, I'm pretty sure it was my mum gave me a different piece of advice, which was, you know, you shouldn't need someone, you should want someone and they should always be a bonus. So these were two phrases that I got kind of drilled into my head in a really good way around the age of 21, 22 years old. And so the first one was relationships aren't 50, 50, they're a hundred, a hundred. And the second one was you shouldn't need some, um, you shouldn't need someone, you should want someone and they should always be a bonus. And so when I met Ryan, I, um, I actually, it's funny because, um, 
I had met him at a photography conference and I actually, it's, I'm going to tell you the story. I tell everyone I know anyway, so I may as well tell you guys, but I was there. I was a fashion photographer. He was a wedding photographer and he, um, he looked really young to me because Ryan just has this young looking face, which is going to serve me well in years to come. <laughs> I'm sure. Cause he's going to be really good looking for so many years, <laughs> but, um, I had gone to this conference. I definitely wasn't looking to, um, hook up with anybody. And I saw him at the front of the room judging photographic prints. And I remember he was wearing a pink t-shirt and I was definitely, there was no like new age stuff going on back in my hometown suburb where I lived. Um, there was no pink t-shirts with diamantes. There was not any of that. (laughs) So I'm in Sydney and I'm like, wow, this guy's probably gay if he's got a pink t-shirt on, but turns out he wasn't because we got to the bar and, you know, all the photographers are mingling and he ends up coming over and asking me if he could buy me a drink. And I'm, I'm just going to paint the picture for you guys because it's pretty hilarious. Like looking at me now, (laughs) uh, so I had like baggy, like on the verge of flare baggy jeans on, and I had a white t-shirt with a horse on it because I loved this horse t-shirt. Um, I had the most granny bra on, not that he would have known that apparently Well, he always says he could see my big boobs a mile away, (laughs) but I had like a high necked white t-shirt on, you know, your t-shirt bra underneath. And I had these like poor excuses for a pair of high heels on. They were literally like, I don't know, like three centimeter heels. I, I used to call them kitten heels. I think that's what they call them. But I was like on the verge of being a tomboy. I really did not love getting dressed up. I did not love spending money on clothes. I was, I was super comfortable. That was one good thing. I wasn't, I wasn't shy. I wasn't unconfident. I was just super comfortable. And I think because I was a photographer, I was so used to all the hair and makeup and the glamour and I just didn't feel the need for it. But needless to say, if I was going to pick up or to um, meet somebody, I was definitely not in the right frame of mind or wearing the right thing for my chances to be high. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, at that time I had, I had actually still been living with my boyfriend who I'd been with for five and a half years. And we had not, like, we were not in a good way at all. I had said to him, like, I'm leaving you. I don't want to be in this relationship. It was just like, we lived in the same house and it was, it was, to be honest, it was fucking awful. We, um, we barely communicated. He would be downstairs doing his thing and half the time, um, doing things that he probably shouldn't have been doing down there as young men tend to do. Um, and I was upstairs desperately craving his attention, wanting to be an artist, working on my creative photography stuff with my little cute dog. And I would like to the point come out, you know, in lingerie in front of him and he'd be too busy playing his computer games to take notice of me. So to say the relationship was over was an understatement, but I was still in the same house as him living with him, you know, Co cohabitating, we would call it. But, um, so yeah, that's painting the picture. And then I'm at this bar and I'm not in any way, shape or form trying to pick up. And then this guy in a pink t-shirt comes over to me and I, oh, I should, I should go back a bit. So my picture of who I wanted was tall. I needed someone really tall because I'm not, I'm like 167 centimeters. So I would just say I'm like medium height, 
but I always felt like a guy had to be heaps taller than me and probably surfy dude. Cause I was, I was really into surf life saving and stuff back in the day. And I was like, I want a surfy dude. So this guy in the pink shirt, not as tall as I had had in the picture in my mind to be dark eyes, dark hair, um, very Sydney looking comes up and says, Hey, you know, could I buy you a drink? And I was in genuine shock. I was just like, what the, and then I said, Oh, okay, sure. He said, what would you like? And I said, I'll have a two extra dry. And then he was in genuine shock. <laughs> um, still give me shit about that. He's like, who, what, what girl says that, you know, <laughs> and I would just used to genuinely like drinking beer. Um, I don't actually drink much beer these days, probably cause I'm scared that I've already got a tummy from having kids. So I don't need more of a tummy from beer, but, um, he was like, probably just thinking, what the fuck have I got myself into here? Who is this chick? But there's got to be some goods under that white t-shirt because like he could see the big boobs. That's his story anyway. And anyone who's like tuning into me for the first time, you will get that. I'm really refreshingly honest. I'm not sugarcoating my life because my life is my life. I'm not going to um, romanticize the situation, but we did end up talking for hours and hours and hours and getting it on. And, you know, and then the rest is kind of history. And then I, I remember when I, I got back from Sydney. I called my mom and I said, I think I've met the guy I'm going to marry. And so I was pretty besotted. I was pretty like, yeah, he's pretty cool. And because we were doing a long distance relationship, literally the next week I moved out of living with my ex and we, um, I moved into a share home and Ryan and I would just talk on the phone for hours on end. He would call me on the way to work and on the way home from work. And it was all great. And we did the long distance thing for about a year and a half. And then I decided to move to Sydney and then, um, I lived, we lived there for seven years and then we've moved back since having kids and being married and all that stuff. We've moved back to Queensland, but, um, but we have had so many, I mean, he definitely was, you know, this, this guy that I just was like, wow, he's just compared to the ex. Wow. He's got his life together. Wow. He's just so inspiring. And, and that was one thing that I, I was always attracted to was I want someone who inspires me. I want someone that I can admire. I want someone where I'm like, wow, the way he thinks about business and and the way he's got all this drive and passion is just like really is a turn on. And, And that is exactly what Ryan was. He was, and still is, but at the time that's, I just saw him as this really in charge dude. I was like, wow, he's just got his shit together. He's got this business and he's really successful and he's only young. And I loved that. I loved that about him. Um, and I, I remember like I went to a psychic one day and he had said, oh, you know, um, there's this guy and he like, he's near water, but he doesn't live near the water, but it's in the city. And he said, oh, I think he's a keeper, but he's not really very tall, is he? And he's not he's not your, he's not typically your type. And I was like, Oh yeah. And I think it was really just because my ex was tall. So I just thought that's what I should have. But needless to say, and if you're, if you're a single lady out there still looking for the guy, please do me a favor and stop, you know, writing this list of the way you want somebody to look, because trust me, when it comes along, it may be packaged up and I might be packaged up differently to what he thought as well. Um, but don't, don't kind of 
idealize this person in your head so much that you shut out things, um, that people that could come your way just because of the way they look. And if anyone's seen my husband, in my humble opinion, and I'm sure many other people, I know think he's a very good looking man, but, um, but yeah, it's just interesting because I definitely think the older we get, we can definitely get stuck with ideas of what we think we want. But I think probably more I'm talking to the married and the married people and the parents in the room today. Um, because you know, I don't, I have not been single for a very long time. So I don't know if I can speak to you guys today, but at the same time, this information is useful for people moving into relationships because there's a lot of things I've learned along the way. And that's what I really wanted to share with you guys today. And I don't think I can cover it all in one podcast, but we'll see how we go. But, um, but you know, yeah, from the out, from the outside looking in, we have a beautiful life. Yes, we do. Um, and, and we've had so many cool things. Like we've traveled a ton. We've had so many business achievements. We've had two beautiful kids. Um, along the way, we've also had two miscarriages. We've also nearly been bankrupt. We've had tons of fights. We've had tons of arguments. We've had, you know, every disagreement under the sun. We've both disappointed each other. Um, and, and all the typical things that couples go through, right? Um, there have been times, honestly, where both of us, I'm sure have thought, you know what? I'm fucking done. I want to leave. I'm sick of this. His behavior isn't good enough. My behavior isn't good enough. He doesn't like that. We've had, you know, we've been through all the things like getting too many credit cards, not being able to pay the rent, making silly decisions, um, getting drunk and saying things you don't mean, or, having arguments in front of the kids. We've done it all. We've, we're just as human as the next person. Um, and what I've come to realize is that it's only to be honest, it's taken me so long, but it's only been in the probably last few years where I've really started to embrace the fact that what my dad said to me that many years ago, relationships are a hundred percent, a hundred percent, not 50, 50, is that you don't choose a partner because you want them to fill a void. You don't choose a partner because you're looking outside for something you don't have inside. And I think, in my opinion, that is where so many people go terribly wrong. That is where people go, oh, shit, I was looking for something out there in the big bad world that I just don't have inside. And so if you've been with someone for a long time and you feel that things aren't firing the way they used to, number one, go and say, go and ask yourself, what is it that I am seeking from that person? Because let me tell you that 95% of the time, whatever you are seeking is something that doesn't exist within yourself. So if you're seeking, um, attention or approval or significance, or you want certainty or you want, and these are all human needs. You can do the, the human needs test to find out what you really, really want. But you, I mean, I used to, um, I love one of my highest needs is connection, um, and my highest values. And so I would always be like, I want you to hold my hand more often. Why don't you hold my hand when we're out in public? I want you to show more affection. But the thing is, is that when I was like that, 
It was because I just didn't value myself. I didn't love myself. I wasn't confident in myself. I played comparison. So if I got into a situation and I saw another couple holding hands or I saw another couple like kissing in public, I would go, see, they do it. Why can't we do it? See, he must love her more than you love me. That's what I genuinely would think. And you know what? That was so far from the truth. It was ridiculous. So, so, so far from the truth. Um, So it's interesting because people are often looking for a partner or have a partner. And what we tend to do, especially with our husbands, is we really like to tell them what they do wrong. We really like to remind them of their shortcomings. Um, It tends to be something our parents probably used to do as well, or our mothers used to do. So I know that there are like people that I've seen like in my childhood growing up and they have a relationship um, that basically duplicates the relationship their parents had. Now, it's called coming from a lineage. It's called repeating history. But sometimes this tends to happen. And, And whether we mean to or not, sometimes we marry our fathers and sometimes we become our mothers. And so it's interesting because, and I definitely think that I'm speaking as a, as a whole, like wider community here, but it's definitely something that I think there's always this, um, this perception that people have really happy, 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 joy, joy marriages. And I'm sure that anyone who's married can agree that there are extreme highs in marriage and there are, there are lows. Um, but on the outset, it's not like you can get on Facebook and say, fucking husband didn't make the bed again. Bloody Ryan left the undies on the ground again for every day this week. He didn't put the toothbrush back in the toothbrush holder. My God, that man drives me up the wall. You don't make Facebook posts like that, do you? But then when you have an argument and then he makes it up to you and he brings you flowers, you're like, oh my God, look what my husband did. He brought me flowers. I'm so lucky. But really you fucking busted his chops all week. And then he just caved in. And now he's like, fucking better bring that bitch flowers because she might give me a break. Am I right? Is anyone else going, holy shit, Jess has just blown the lid off what marriage is really like. (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying it's all like smoke and mirrors and I'm not, but what I know is that, and I've done this, the only thing I teach on here, guys, is my own experiences. I'm not here to teach you shit I read out of a book. What I know is that for me, I spent, and I'm still not perfect, I still go back and revert back. I'm just in the process of changing my habits, changing who I am, reprogramming my, my brain, my neurological pathways. I'm in the process of doing all of that for myself. I'm doing high level coaching and I'm in the process of getting to a point where I'm physically changing my emotions and my pathways and I'm changing who I am for the better. So I'm in the process of this right now. And I realize that I still revert back to the old me, or the previous me or the, the me I was not that long ago. But I was one of those women. I was one, of, and I think we kind of all are. Um, we get this idea in our head that the the other the other married couples don't have the stuff we've got. The other married couples don't have to, you know, deal with all the all the little things that get on your nerves. And I have heard this so many times from my friends, from women around me, from clients, from all sorts of people. 
Like, you know, my hubby, he just doesn't, he just doesn't give me like what I want. He never listens to me. He never asks me how my day is. He's not very good at listening. Um, Oh, he's just so shit at buying presents for me. Like he never offers to do the washing up. He never puts a load of washing on. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. And you know what? It's become this, it's become this race that we're so used to talking about, and it's not just with marriage, but we're so used to talking about what isn't going right. Um, you know, I, I remember I had this moment where I was having this really big frustration with Ryan and we'd, we'd had some things go on and, you know, I'm not going to like reveal all our intimate business to people, but we, we, I got into a point where I felt really, really low. And someone said to me, you either decide to love him unconditionally or you don't, it's your decision. But what I know is that that guy has your back 1000%. And in that moment, I just was like, holy fucking shit. He's right. This guy has my back. And all I was looking for was what was wrong. And the reason he wasn't as present and connected and loving as I would have loved him to be at times was because instead the guy was looking at ways he could get our, get a better, you know, a better job coming in. Or if you, if your hubby works, you know, go for that promotion or whatever it may be. Um, I'm blessed. My husband's very driven and hopefully he listens to this one day. He's going to, he can get all the props from the podcast in case one day we have a fight. I'll be like, Hey, you go listen to that podcast. Do you you hear how much I've grown? Hear how much I love you? But, um, (laughs) God, I'm a weirdo. But the thing was, is that there are so many times we can get into these states with our partners, especially where we really do a great job at looking for what's wrong. And we do a fucking terrible job at giving them a prop up at telling them what they've done, right. At thanking them for something. And men are different to women. I, I think there's a book, it's called men are from Mars, women are from Venus. It might be a good read. There's so many resources out there now, guys, on how to keep men happy, how to improve your relationships. And guess what? Just like parenting, just like anything you're not happy with in life, here's the shit news. It's back on you. It's not about them. It's about you. And far out when I heard that, I was like, damn it. I just want it to be about him because if he could stop doing all that annoying stuff, then I could just love him for all the great things, right? But did it ever occur to me or did it ever occur to you that if you want absolute greatness in your life, you have to be prepared to go through bumps in the road. You have to be prepared to face challenges head on. You have to be prepared to improve. It's like, do you, I, I, and I find it so funny because the more and more I've grown, the more I see this so clearly, it's like, I've been pulled out of my body and I'm sitting up here on a perch, looking down at our relationship going, Oh my God, I was a bitch. I was so mean to him sometimes. Like I, I just honestly, sometimes I laugh at how ridiculous my behavior would be sometimes. But the reason that was happening was because I was coming from scarcity. I didn't love myself enough. I was craving something from him that I didn't have within myself. And when Ryan would used to get frustrated at me, I remember one time, like we were having this argument he's like, Oh, you should just go and fucking do what you said you're going to do and blah, blah. And, Oh, you can't even handle that. And 
I just felt like, wow, this guy has just torn the shit out of me. I remember feeling so low. But when I reflected and when I was able to really woman up, we'll call it, not man up, but woman up and look myself in the mirror and go, is there truth behind what he's saying? What I realized is that the absolute truth was, is that all Ryan wanted, all he's ever wanted is to see me shine and to see me rock out my potential. All he ever wanted was for the Jess he met at the bar who was confident in her fucking granny bra and her horse t-shirt and her shitty high heels, who was so comfortable in her skin that she didn't need to second guess herself and ordered the fucking beer is what he wanted for the rest of our relationship. He didn't want who I turned into, which was, oh, we're sitting in a restaurant. What are you going to order? Yeah. I don't know. Should I get that glass of wine or shouldn't I? Oh, it's $14. I don't know if we've got enough money in our account. Oh, now you rule the money and I don't have my own independence and oh, blah, blah, blah. Does this look good on me? Doesn't it? What color should I dye my hair? Do you really want me to have short hair or do you want me to have long hair? What if I went and did this on the weekend? Would that be okay? He didn't love that person the way he loved the person he met. And fuck, that was a hard pill to swallow. But I'm telling you this because if you've been in a relationship for a while and you're having some hard times, I'm telling you, I needed to hear this from someone. I had to fucking learn the hard way. I had to figure this out on my own. But I wish I had heard this from someone. I wish someone had, but I never thought we had a problem with our relationship. We didn't. We didn't need to go to couples counseling. Generally, we were happy. Like we've always generally been really happy, but we've had a few big speed bumps in the road. You know, like I said, we've had the miscarriages, we've had near bankruptcy, we've had some, some issues between us and family members and just digging at each other and just poking each other, you know, just going, I'm going to just push your fucking buttons a bit more. Just see how you like it. I might do it for a few years and see how you take it. And when you look from the outside in, you go, is this what marriage is about? Isn't this the person you are meant to love the most? And this is how we treat them. Yet then we go out on a date with our girlfriend and we go, oh my God, we're having such a great time. Let's take a selfie. Let's be carefree. Let's do all the things and prop each other up and give each other hugs and tell each other how great we are. And then we get home, we go, oh my God, you didn't even clean up the dinner. And I've been out all night trying to have a fun time. And now you didn't even clean up from dinner from the kids. Thanks for nothing. You're hopeless. You always disappoint me. And then we wonder why they keep doing it. Guys, if this is hitting home with you in any way, please share this episode, honestly, because this is probably one of the hardest ones for me to record because it's opening wide my relationship, my truth. And so many people, I'm like, oh my God, if my mother listens to this, or oh my God, if Ryan listens to this, oh my God, if anyone I know listens to this, but most of them know anyway. But I want you guys to know that in a relationship, and this just doesn't go for husband and wife, this goes for sisters, brothers, kids, parents, anyone, there is a responsibility you have to take in what part you're playing and how things are showing up for you in life. And I know unequivocally 
Yes, let me point out, there are boundaries. There are boundaries and there are expectations and there are levels of trust that you need to have within your relationships. So if you are going through abuse or there is something not okay happening, it is totally fine for you to decide to get up and go. But what I'm saying is that you have to take 100% responsibility for where you're at in your relationship and where you're at may mean they need to change or improve or grow, but a thousand percent, a hundred percent, a hundred million percent, it means you do too, because it's a two-way street. And what I know from my years in growth, personal development, from my years becoming a coach and doing the things I've done is that the better and better I've gotten, the more I've improved myself, the more I've gotten back to the girl at the bar, maybe a bit a bit clutch. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. I hope not. Uh, maybe a bit. Cl- I think I just burped, but you guys hopefully didn't hear that. And someone don't you dare write me a bad review for that because this is what you signed up for. <laughs> oh my Lord, Jess. Um, my daughter would kill me if she knew that. Um, but now I've lost my train of thought completely, but I may, yes. Yeah, so the girl at the bar, so I may be a bit classier now. I may have a little bit more money in the bank account and a better dress sense and a bit more feminine. And as he told me on our 10 year wedding anniversary, we watched our wedding video back and he's like, you've improved with age. And so have I. And I was like, I love your confidence. I, I agree. (laughs) Um, but you need to go back and you need to ask yourself, well, who was I when we met and what was it that we fell in love for and who was I and who did I embody and, and where do I now get the opportunity to show up for myself, number one, and number two, for my, for my partner, and then for my kids and everyone else around me? How do I now get to show up as the shining example? Because sometimes the thing is, guys, is that if you spend your whole life waiting for someone to go first, you'll be at the fucking start line and you'll never have started yourself because you'll be waiting for someone else to go first and you'll never fucking start. So if you want your partner to be more organized in finance, finances, go fucking do it yourself. Get a spreadsheet, figure out how to work wealth principles, figure out how to do budgets, go learn how to stock, do stock trading, go learn how to do property. Stop putting everything in the hands of your husband. If you want him to be more present and you expect him to do that, then give him the space, take some responsibility back, act as if you were single in terms of what you used to do. Like I never used to say to Ryan, Oh, have you paid the phone bill? Have you, have you got that done? Or can you sort out the insurance? Can you ring around and get, figure out what the best in? No, I did that myself. So I'm, I'm getting a bit hard ass on you guys, but it's, I want you to hear this because if this can save a marriage, if this can shift something, if this can be a, a podcast that you go back to when you're having a hard time and go, yeah, I need to kick around. I need to hear the truth of the matter. You step up. If you want to see your future look brighter, stop giving him the responsibility and take some for yourself. Now I've had two kids and I know it's very, very hard to earn money and do everything. But trust me when I tell you, if the possibility of you guys separating is even on the cards, you'll be doing it all on your own anyway. So why not get out of your way right now and go and improve the situation, go and earn more money, figure out a way to 
up-level your self-worth, figure out a way to know what your purpose is. Go get a coach, go get someone to help you invest in yourself. Stop asking for permission. You know, the number of women that say to me, oh, well, I don't have a babysitter and I can't do this because we don't have enough money. I'm like, girlfriend, go find a way Stop putting it on your hubby. You know, how many times, and I know we're all in this boat, have you go, oh, babe, can I just get a bit of money because I, I need to buy a new outfit because we've got your sister's wedding on the weekend. I've got nothing to wear and uh-huh, poor me versus like I'm going to go be proactive. I'm going to save 20 or $30 a week out of the groceries and get creative with cooking. So I've set that money aside for myself. How does that sound for a good idea? And I'm not saying the onus is all on you. I'm not saying that men shouldn't be responsible. But what I know is that most men generally really want to provide. They want to do a good job. But when they get told time and time again, I'm not, you're not good enough. You're not doing a good enough job. We haven't got enough money in our account. When are we going to get a house? We need more. We need new furniture. We need this. We need that. I'm not happy. You're not present enough. It's like beating a dog. You know, they're just down. They're just like, fuck, I can't win. This woman's driving me up the fucking wall. And I know this because I was, I was that maybe not all the time, but I've been in those states where I've been scarcity driven and I I wasn't taking responsibility for my part. And, and it was so unempowering. And I would ask, ask Ryan if I looked good in it. And, and I used to think it was generally because I wanted his opinion, but the truth was, is that I just didn't have the confidence within myself to just be me and just rock my life the way I wanted to rock it. And, you know, we got into a, we got into a big argument one day and I remember he was just like, I just want you to go and do what you want to do. Just stop making excuses, you know? And I was like, how dare he say that to me? I've had kids and I haven't been able to, and he wouldn't know what it was like. And then I thought, you know what, Jess, And this is probably the truth for most of you guys out there. And I'm just guessing this, but if there's a possibility it's true, it's pretty awesome. Is that our husbands, our boyfriends, they just, they just want the best for us. They just want to see us as the people they fell in love with at the beginning. They just want us to be shining, to be full of joy, to be full of happiness, to be grateful, to be excited, to be able to be vulnerable, but to not be these you know, these shells of women that are roaming around unhappy, blaming the past for what's happening in the future, in the present. You know, we've all had trauma, we've all had things happen, but the decision to move forward or to stay in the past is completely ours. And we can't expect our men to pull us up. We need to do it on our own. And what I know is that when I started putting one foot in front of the other and really taking charge, as my coach would say, taking the reins on my life or pulling the trigger, um, Ryan followed suit, you know, I used to say, oh, he's never going to come to a Tony Robbins event with me because he just didn't dig the guy the way I did. (laughs) I was a guru and Ryan wasn't, oh, he's not on board with my spirituality. Oh, he doesn't love eating kale chips like me. I'm disappointed. Um, does this sound like you? (laughs) Some guys get on board, some guys don't. But the thing was, is that it wasn't about him. It was about me. And what I realized is that when I just decided I'm on my path, no matter what, my happiness isn't going to be in the hands of someone else, or I'm not going to spend all this time worrying about someone else when I can't even worry about myself. 
I loved him so much. I would literally worry myself to death about him and not even love myself as much. I couldn't even figure out my own shit. This sounds like you. Please tell me, please send feedback, please comment on something that I've posted because I'd love to know. I would really, really, really fucking love to know. Um, so I started putting one foot forward in front of the other and I started going first and I started just doing stuff for me. And what I realized is that there were periods where I'd be like, well, when is he going to do it now? I've done it. They told me to go first and he would catch up and he would start drinking green smoothies like I am. No, what happened is I realized that I was actually really happy. I was really, really content. I had done for myself what I wanted everyone else to do, which was I filled my own cup, stopped looking outside for what I knew was within. I stopped searching for him to hold my hand in public because sometimes Ryan just wasn't that into it. And I stopped comparing myself to perceived happy relationships that were probably just as fucking turmoil at home or that don't even exist today because they've broken up. I stopped all of that. I filled my own cup. And trust me when I tell you, it wasn't just two weeks ago that I was in tears about something. It ha- I haven't solved all the problems of the world. I still have to every so often have a cry, get wonder what's going on. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're going to do this right before our anniversary. But we have evolved. We are getting better and better every day. And so I just want to let you guys know that you know, relationships aren't there to just be easy. They're there to be grand. They're there to be grand in every sense of the word. You first have to fill your cup. You need to know who you are. You need to search for that love and that care and that affection and that laughter and that joy within yourself. And that person that gets to take that journey with you is just purely there as a bonus They are the person that gets to see you shine. They're the person that gets to be proud of you. Not the person that looks at you and says, the shell of a woman I met, half the woman I knew. And now you look back and you say, the shell of a man I met because I've drilled this fucking guy and told him how bad he is. Imagine if you spoke to one of your children the way you spoke to your husband. That was something that was huge for me. I um, I hope Ryan's listening to this. (laughs) But that was huge for me. I remember thinking one day, far out, I'm so I'm gonna be so hard on him. I would have beaten my child into a ball of mess crying in the corner if I had treated him or her that way. Yet I'm doing it to him. And so I take my responsibility. I take responsibility whole fucking heartedly for the things I did that weren't perfect. And I know that Ryan does the same. What I know is that every step of the way, every time we go through it, we go, we're meant, we're meant for greatness. This relationship is going to be so epic. We want, we're in for the long haul. And so we look at our chances to grow and it's not like we go, oh, let's get down and meditate. And we look for our chances to grow and we're perfect humans and we never do anything wrong. No guys, I'm here to tell you, I'm not there. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of the people just like you, that it's just kind of like forging my way through and hoping everything will turn out. Okay. But when I learn something, I want to share it. When I learn something, I want you guys to know you're not alone. I want you to know there's a better way. 
but it starts with you. It starts with you taking responsibility. It starts with you saying, if I want this grand relationship, I want the affection and the love and I want the security and all those things. Well, I need to give it to myself. I need to go out and get, get stuff happening. I need to stop making excuses. And it's funny because as I was just saying all of this, I remember just the other day we were walking down the street and Ryan was actually doing a thing that he does now that he used to do a lot and he stopped doing it for ages and he puts his arm over my shoulder and then I hold his hand up on my shoulder and it's this cute thing we used to do and he used to spoon me in bed. No, no, he didn't. Sorry, no, he didn't used to spoon me. We used to like curl curl up and then we'd have each other's backs to each other but our feet would always be touching. It was like by the time we'd gotten to sleep after all the lovey-dovey and the spooning and what have you, then we would get into this position and our feet would be touching like uh, soul to soul. (laughs) And we hadn't done it for ages. And then not that long ago, we inadvertently went back to doing it. And I remember thinking, I think we've healed some wounds. I think there's some stuff that's been healed. I think he's starting to see me as the woman he potentially fell in love with. And I've done it. I'm doing it. I did this, not him. I did it. And his responses and his want to be that man I fell in love with started coming back. And he showed up so differently because I showed up differently. And this is the message I have for you guys. So, wow, I don't know if you expected that, but I just want to leave you with this. Stop looking outside. Stop saying, I want what she's got. Just stop it because we've all got our own shitstorm, chaotic, up, down, turbulent BS. We all have it, guys. Trust me, you're not alone. We all also have the power to change it and it starts with us. It starts with you taking a look in the mirror and it starts with you going, I'm going to go first. And if you go first and if you give it time, trust me, guys, when I tell you that there is a really good chance that your partner will want to take follow suit. There's a really good chance. And if it doesn't happen that way, then one thing that you're going to know is that you're whole and that you're ready for whatever may lie ahead of you. And if you're a single girl and you wonder why relationships don't work, why they keep failing, I'd be begging you to look at the same stuff and go, well, where am I missing something? What what do I keep reflecting this shit into my life for? Who is the guy that I come across next going to fall in love with? I hope this has helped. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cough. Um, You know what, guys, just as a disclaimer, I'm no relationships expert. I'm just sharing what my journey has been. Um, And I wanted to give you insight because I want you guys to feel me and I want you to know that I'm real and I'm, I'm going through the same potential things you go through. But what I also want you to know is that there is so much greatness um, when you choose to look for it, Um, but it all starts with your own growth. So go ahead, get out there, girl, and do something for yourself and stop making excuses why you're not worthy of it and start to become the person that you used to be. And if you don't know who you used to be or if you're not like I never was that way, then go and search. Go and ask yourself, who do I want to be moving forward? How do I want to show up? How do I be more grateful, more gracious, more elegant, more bold, more confident, more sexy, more adventurous, more caring? 
How do I embody the things that I want my man to be in love with me for? But first of all, how do I be in love with myself for it? Love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Abundance Hub podcast. Please screenshot and share it with your friends because living abundantly means sharing things you love with the people around you. If you post on social media, make sure you use hashtag the Abundance Hub. And if you'd like to help us, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me get the message out to more people. Congratulations on taking time to invest in yourself today.